Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Hey, it's New Year's. We did it. You made it to 2022. That in and of itself, with the crazy stuff we had last year, quite an accomplishment. You survived most of the first year of the Biden administration. Obviously got a few more weeks to go before his one-year anniversary. It's been bad. I admit it. It's been much worse than I anticipated. I admit that too, but there is reason to be cheery. I want to talk about, though, going into the new year and kind of how to set yourself up, at least how I set myself up as I go into a new year. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. And my kind of New Year's resolution every year is to be better this year than I was the year before. Better at whatever, right? better at my fitness regime, better with my diet, better with my family, better with a lot of stuff. I always just want to improve each year. I figure I'll stop improving, you know, when they kick the dirt on top of the box. But until then, my goal is just be better every year. But I want to talk about kind of how I go into the new year and how I face a new year on a personal level. So this is kind of a personal battle cry. First, I just want to tell you just generally, we're going to fight like hell in 2022. It's going to be a big fight. It's going to be on a lot of lot of areas. It's going to be at your local school board. It's going to be in the national elections come November. It's going to be on your city council. It's going to be pushing back against still continuing vaccine mandates and crazy COVID mandates. It is going to be a fight like hell year, and it's time to fight. And when you're getting ready to fight, when you're getting ready to go into battle, when you're listening to the battle cry, right, and you're getting ready to take off into that fight, there's some things you got to do to make sure you're ready. And I'm just going to tell you what I do. The first thing that I always do is I make sure that I'm right with God. This is really important to me. And I think it's actually important even if you're not a person of faith. But first, I'm going to talk to people of faith. Just make sure you're right with God, right? Be doing what you got to do. Be praying. Be reading your Bible. Be studying. Be focused on God. Abide with God. Surrender to God. Humble yourself with God, right? These are really important. Wait for God to speak to you and be listening for God. Do everything you can to be right with God. Ask for God's forgiveness because, you know, if you're like me, you're a mess and you need God's forgiveness. So get right with God. And I would say, by the way, if you're not a person of faith, and for those of you who don't know, I came to faith late in life. So I know what I'm talking about when I talk about not being a person of faith. You should get right with God anyway. Number one, if you're not, well, maybe you want to check that out. But even if you're not, if you're not a person of faith, you should live according to that value set. Everything I just described, you can still do, right? Like take a look at yourself. Make sure you're living the way you want to live. Make sure you're living according to the values that you believe in, the values that make Western civilization something special, the values that make the United States of America special and exceptional. Make sure that you personally are living according to those values. So number one, get right with God. Number two, I would say for me anyway, right behind get right with your family. This isn't always easy. Like I say that and I, I'm really blessed. I've got a great relationship with my parents. Got a great relationship with my wife. I got a great relationship with my kids. No thanks to me, really. Thanks to all of them because they're so incredible. But being right with your family, that's important. There's a lot of strength that comes from that. That inner network, that inner circle of strength where you're there for your family, they're there for you, You've forgiven each other for any kind of past stuff that's come down. I understand that's not always possible, but if you can, it's really important. 
it builds a foundation. When you go off to battle, like I'm asking you to do, like I know you're going to do in 2022, having that foundation of faith and then family, those are just important things. I don't think I'm speaking anything profound or particularly wise because I think these things are common sense. So if you've had trouble with the kids, try to make it right with the kids. If you've had trouble with your parents, remember the Bible says, honor your parents. So go honor your mother and father, right? And get right with your mom and dad or siblings or whatever it is. And I've had all those troubles at some point in my life because I'm a mess like everybody else. And I've always worked to try to make it right. So before you go off to battle, make sure you work to make it right with your family. Number three, I would say, get right with your community. Not just get right, but get engaged, get in the fight. This is a place where we start to fight. And by your community, what I mean is, your church, your temple, your synagogue, get engaged, be involved. Maybe it's your school board. I mean, school board meetings are going to be the thing in 2022. This is gonna be really important. So you might wanna consider running for school board, supporting people who are running for school board, knocking on doors in school board races. You might wanna volunteer at your local school. You might wanna volunteer in church more. You might wanna do things in your community that you've never done before. Why is this important? America is based on that more than an America is based on the idea of the nation. In other words, looking out for your neighbors, looking out for your own community, looking out for the kids in your community, even if your kids are grown. And Patty and I have been going to school board meetings. Our kids are grown. We don't have grandkids yet. They're not in that school district, right? But we're going anyway because, well, that's my community. That's our community. So be engaged in your community. Get right, get solid with your community. Because why? Again, or this is the theme, we're headed out to the fight in 2022. You want to have a bedrock foundation in your community. You want to be connected. You want to know what you're fighting for. You want those people to know that you're fighting for them and that the fight is about them. Because that's really what it is. It's not just for you, it's for them as well. So get involved in your community, make a difference, because you can, and really only you can. If we all do it together, we make a big difference in our local communities. How about your state? I think sometimes we think about getting involved in our state and running our state and we think it's too big, too difficult. What can somebody like me possibly do in my own state? Well, the first thing you can do is know what's going on. Educate yourself about what's going on in your state legislature. This is a very important point for convention of states, right? Convention of states, we do at the state legislative level. We have to know what's going on in our state legislatures. We've done a great job of this. 15 states have already passed the convention of states. We've got a bunch more that have passed in one house and are still kind of in on the verge. North Carolina, South Carolina, Wisconsin, uh, and Nebraska, all those kind of in the dock for early 2022. Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, other states looking really solid in 2022. But you have to know what's going on in your own state. This is really important. You got to educate yourself. And one of my favorite quotes from Plato, he said, if you don't take an interest in the affairs of your government, then you're going to be forced, you're doomed to live under the rule of fools, right? If it's not you, if you don't take an interest in it, by the way, that's hanging up in my gym, in my garage. If you don't take an interest in the affairs of your government, you're doomed to live under the rule of fools. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us haven't taken enough interest in the affairs of our government, and we are largely, especially at the federal level and certainly in a lot of states at the state level, sometimes even at the local level, 
living under the rule of fools. If all of us were engaged in our government, I have faith in the American body politic, but it's going to take a lot of us and especially you being engaged. So get involved at the state level. It's not too much. It's not too complicated. It's not made for geniuses. It's made for all of us. I'm no genius and I'm involved and you need to be involved at your state level too. How about your country? This seems really big, right? Your country right now is on the verge of falling apart, of exploding. Maybe it's imploding. It's hard to say what's going on. It's a mess. We've got a mess in Washington, D.C. with the Biden administration. And to be frank, I think the Republicans are a mess as well. What's their plan? What are they going to do to save the country? What are they going to do in the fight for liberty, right? I, I mean, all I hear from McCarthy and the Republicans is defeat the Democrats. And while that might be better, the Republicans don't have a very good record, do they? So I'm worried about Washington, D.C. in the sense that I don't see any good coming from Washington, D.C. The only thing that saves the country is you and your involvement in it. You and your involvement in Washington, D.C. You and an attitude, right? The attitude really matters. This is really important, right? The attitude matters. So what's your attitude? When you go out to fight, what's the attitude that you take into the fight, right? Are you fearful? Nope. You have faith, not fear. You have courage, right? Not cowardice. Faith, not fear. Courage, not cowardice. Fear isn't a virtue. It seems today like the left wants us to believe that fear is a virtue. Fear is not a virtue. Fear, mostly just cowardice. It's disgusting and revolting. And it's not who we are as a country. It's certainly not who you are. So when we go into battle, we go in with bravery. We go in with courage. We go in with faith. And we go into the fight for the country. We fight. You have to fight. I have to fight as if the whole thing depended on us. Now, it doesn't depend on one of us, of course, but it does depend on us. So we have to fight as if the whole matter depended on us. There's a really interesting story from World War I about a private from Cherokee, Iowa, named Martin Treptow. And Treptow went off to fight in World War I. And when he went off to fight, he went off to fight with this attitude, right? Like he was the guy that mattered. He was just a private. He wasn't anybody actually super important. Nobody really knew who Martin Treptow was. Nobody today still even nobody tells the story of Martin Treptow. I know the story of Martin Treptow because Ronald Reagan told the story of Martin Treptow in his first inaugural address. Martin Treptow goes to fight World War I. He's a barber. Like I said, he's from Cherokee, Iowa, a little small town in Iowa. He goes off to fight in World War I, and he carries with him a diary. And in his diary, he says that he's going to fight as if the whole matter depended on him. Not because he was egotistical and he thought that the whole matter depended on him. Not because he was some great leader of men. He was a private. Not because he was entrusted with particularly uh, uh, important missions. But at some point, somebody was asked to bring a message to his platoon leader. And this meant exposing themselves to German gunfire. And he chose to do so. He volunteered for the mission. And on that mission, he delivered the message to his platoon leader, but he was killed by German gunfire. And on him was his diary. And in the diary, he wrote that he was going to fight as if the whole matter depended on him. We know, again, Treptow's story because Ronald Reagan told us Treptow's story. There have been millions of Martin Treptows in American history. 
literally people who fought as if the whole thing depended on them. They served at Concord. They served at Lexington. They served at unnamed battles during the Revolutionary War, and they've served in unnamed battles, and they're buried in unmarked graves, some of them, all around the world in battles to preserve liberty. People who are willing to listen to the call and to take that call so seriously that they were willing to give all. They were willing to fight as if the whole matter depended on them. That's what it's going to take. That's what I'm calling to you with the battle cry here at the beginning of 2022 to come into this fight and to fight like hell and to fight as if the whole thing depended on you. I think it's incredibly important. We can save the country. I'm convinced we can save the country. In fact, I'm very hopeful that we will save the country. But I'm also certain that we won't if you don't fight as if the whole matter depends on you. I think this is really important. Like people are commenting, I'm wearing my I will not comply shirt. That's fighting as if the whole matter depends on me. I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. I won't comply. Look, I'm not unvaccinated because I'm anti-vax. I'm not unvaccinated because, well, really I'm unvaccinated because I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. I've done my research. I've done my homework from my perspective. There's more risk to me to get vaccinated than there is to be unvaccinated. So I'm not doing it. I'm not going to comply just because they tell me I have to, just because they want to humiliate me into doing it, just because they want to threaten me into doing it. Now they're talking about taking away my right to travel. I'll drive if I have to. I will not comply because I'm going to fight as if the whole matter depended on me. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. You know, I see Michael Hogan says, joining from Nelmore, New York and wearing an I will not comply shirt also. And he's proud to display it publicly. And here's why that matters. Because other people see this. Because other people will say, if you're not going to comply, I'm not going to comply. You might be first in your church or first in your community or first at your school or first in your family. But if you say, I will not comply, if you're willing to fight as if the whole thing depends on you, others will rise. They'll rise. They'll fight also. They'll stand because you stand. So this is critically important that we stand and that we fight together. There's enough of us, really, to save the country. We're starting to see the turn. I think we saw that turn in Virginia in the election of Youngkin and the election of those down ticket and the taking of the House of Delegates. I think we saw people standing up and saying, hell no, enough is enough. We saw it in Houston where a whole bunch of you helped and people took two seats on a school board that everybody said was impossible in a deep blue district. We saw that all over the country. We saw it all over Pennsylvania. This is happening all over the country because people are standing and they're fighting like they're Martin Treptow. They're standing and they're saying, I will not comply. I will fight. I will not go down quietly. Look, there are people who say to me, it's not worth fighting anymore. We've lost our country. And to them, I say, go, go quietly. Sam Adams said, go peacefully and don't, you know, we don't want to see you. We don't want to remember you or our countrymen. It's a more, much more brutal quote than that. I'll be more gentle. If people don't want to fight, don't fight. You and me, we'll fight. You and me, we'll answer the, answer the battle cry. You, if you haven't done it already, 
you need to do it tonight. Go to conventionofstates.com. Sign the petition at conventionofstates.com. And that would be good. But it's not enough. It's not enough to just sign the petition. It's not enough to yell at your TV. It's not enough to know what's going on. It's not enough to just pay attention. You have to do something. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, and then go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action tab. It's at the top of the page. It's bold, it's plain, it's simple, it's easy to find. And volunteer. Don't tell me it's too hard. Don't tell me you don't have time. None of us have time. Everybody's busy. People have kids. People have jobs. People have volunteer work that they do. But you have to take action. That's what the battle cry is all about. Why do I do the battle cry? Because I'm calling you to battle. Because I'm asking you to join me. Because I'm willing to fight. And by the way, I'll fight if I have to fight alone. It's not about winning. I don't fight just because I believe I'm going to win, but I do believe we're going to win. But I believe that I fight because that's what I'm supposed to do. John Quincy Adams was president of the United States, and then he went to serve in the House of Representatives afterwards. The only one I'm aware of. And for 17 years, he fought for abolition in the House of Representatives. He didn't care about anything else, and he never made any progress in his entire life. They call him the hellhound of abolition. And he failed in his cause in the House of Representatives. He died, by the way, he had a stroke on the floor of the House of Representatives, died there outside the House of Representatives, and he failed. But when he was asked before he died, when he was asked why did he keep coming in year after year after year after year to fight the same fight, to refuse to give up, to be a pain in the backside to everybody around him, why did he do that? And he answered, duty is ours and the results belong to God. I love that saying. Duty is ours and the results belong to God. In other words, it's not up to me to win. It's not up to me to know the outcome. It's not up to me to determine the outcome. It's up to me to do what Martin Treptow did and what John Quincy Adams did and what so many others have done in American history before us, before me. They fought as if the whole matter depended on them because they believed that was their duty. Duty is a forgotten concept in the United States of America these days. People are interested in self-satisfaction. People are hedonistic. People are... They want self-gratification now, today. They want everything right now, right in this moment. Duty is about doing things that you know are right even when no one's looking. Duty is about doing things that are right even though they won't benefit you. That's what makes America a great society. That's who you are. One of the reasons I fight is because I know you fight. I fight because I travel around the country and I meet you and I hang out with you and I'm, I just, I don't even know how to say it correctly. I'm amazed by you. You're heroes. You're out there. You're doing what it takes. And that's what inspires me to fight. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm doing my duty because I see you doing your duty. I'm just trying to reflect you. You are amazing people all across the country. Ronald Reagan said that he lived in a time when they say that there are no heroes, but he said, that's just because they don't know where to look. Well, I know where to look. I look into this camera. I look on the screen. I look at the comments here. I look at Tom Kelly saying it starts with families moving to self-govern our communities and then directing matters close to the heart. I couldn't agree more. 
By the way, Noe Manley says, I wish I knew where to get the shirt. Conventionofstates.com forward slash store. You can get these shirts. So I'm asking you guys to fight. I'm asking you to join Convention of States because Convention of States is the only solution as big as the problems that face the country. People say that people stay in Washington, D.C. too long. Well, then we need to impose term limits. You can do that with a Convention of States. A lot of people say that the federal government is financially out of control. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Trillions of dollars. I mean, spending is out of control. So we can force them to balance the budget. How do you do that? Call a convention of states. We can do that. We can force an imposition of tax caps and spending caps, generally accepted accounting principles. We can force financial limits on the federal government through a convention of states. We, you, me, we can do that by calling a convention of states. And finally, and most importantly, we can limit the scope, the power, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. What does that mean? It's big words, broad words. What do those mean? Specifically, it means we can tell them, no, you may not be involved in education. You're not entitled to. It means we can tell them, no, you may not be involved in healthcare. You can't mandate vaccines. You can't. You can't interfere in my relationship between me and my doctor. You can't spend money on healthcare. It's not the federal government's job. We can tell them you can't be involved in the regulation of the environment. That belongs to the people and the states. We can tell them all these things. We can take the power away from the federal government and bring it back to the states. And bring it back to you, the people. We can do that. It sounds huge, but the problems that face the country are huge. And Convention of States is the only solution as big as the problem. Look, there are other organizations out there doing lots of great stuff. One of my friend, Rick Green, Patriot Academy, Biblical Citizenship. You can join us on Monday nights. We'll do another round starting on the 10th. These are great things. There are other groups out there with doing great things, say, with young people like Turning Point USA. There's wall builders working with legislators. There's Federalist Society working with attorneys. All these organizations doing great things out there. But if you want to do the thing that can save the country, then it's going to be up to you to join Convention of States. I really don't know anything else. And will we will, you will be involved in elections in 2022. You are, if you've already joined, part of the largest grassroots army in American history. You are. We're in every single state legislative district in the country. There are over 5.2 million of you in support of the movement right now. Thousands upon thousands, over 8,000 people who are what I would call pay unpaid employees who actually volunteer in titled positions who are actually doing work every day for convention of states in every state in the United States of America. You're out there already doing this. It's a big year in 2022 for convention of states. How many states do we get? South Carolina, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Pennsylvania, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Ohio, a lot of opportunity out there. Right now, the country is suffering. We're not operating. This is answering Sin's question. We're not operating like a constitutional republic anymore. That's what we are. That's our structure of government, but they've destroyed the structure of government. You will have people who ask you, well, isn't the Constitution perfect just the way it is? You know what they're referring to, by the way, when they say that is this. This is my pocket constitution, by the way. I love this thing. It smells good. Leather cover. I know that's funny to sniff a constitution. It's got a nice leather cover on this. Edna Kruger sent me this as a Christmas gift. I love it. It's a pocket constitution. Look how small that is. Tidy, neat, beautiful, eloquent. 
This is the Constitution that they follow today. This is the Constitution of the United States of America. Over 3,000 pages. It's crazy. This is what they follow. And they follow this one and they say that that's the real Constitution. That's all the case law that the Supreme Court's given us over our 243 years telling us what this means. Do we really need that? No, we don't. We know what this means. We really do know what this means. And a lot of what they've given us in there is a bastardization of the actual Constitution. So we need to go back to what we were. We need to go back and restore the Constitution. We're not trying to rewrite the Constitution. We are trying to restore the Constitution. And it's going to be up to you to get it done. Kevin Alfieri said, I just signed the petition and I volunteered. Thanks, Kevin. We'll see you on the calls. Make sure you start getting trained. Make sure you get engaged. Hook up with your local Convention of States family. I appreciate you. I'm going to close with this. It's up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you. In your own family, in your own relationships, in your own community, in your own state. And it's up to you to save the country. I'm not asking you for a small thing. I'm asking you for a big thing. I'm not asking you to volunteer just a little. I'm asking you to volunteer a lot. I'm not asking you for a small sacrifice. I'm asking you for a big sacrifice. When you step up and you say, I will not comply, when you step up and you say, I will fight, when you listen to the battle cry every Sunday night, when you come on the Convention of States training calls, when you go through Convention of States University, when you go to the local meetings, when you go to the regional meetings, when you come to our national summits, I'm asking a lot of you. I never ask what I think you can't give. I know you can give it. How do I know you can give it? I don't know you personally, but I do know you because you're the American that Reagan was talking about when he said, they say we live in a time when there are no heroes, but they just don't know where to look. I know where to look. I know who you are. I appreciate you. And I am genuinely looking forward to seeing you out there in the field, live and in person in 2022. So God bless you guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me on the Battle Cry tonight. We'll see you next week on the Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of the Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.